Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another What Culture Football podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football and Adam Nicholas from What Culture Football, here to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. But as I said, I'm joined by Adam Nicholas to talk about a subject today that, well, consistently rears its ugly head when it comes to mm. Premier League football, VA. Oh, and well, you could talk about this at any point during the last, I don't know, 12 months, 18 months, take your pick. <laughs> but the reason we are talking about it today, Adam Nicholas, is of course fresh off the back of the Arsenal Leicester game last night and all the controversy surrounding that. Do you think VAR helped or hindered that match? Because Mikel Arteta was not best pleased after. Yeah, I can kind of understand why. And I think it's because it. It took so long, didn't it? That's the problem. You got that on top of the build, which then creates this unfathomably horrible suspense. Is it going to be the right decision? Is it going to be the wrong one? Most of the time, you think, because it's VAR, it should and almost has to be the right one. So then when the... Is wrong one the right word? Or is <laughs> questionable decision um, comes up and it's not in your favour after all that time, Madness ensues. Absolute madness ensues. Um, I, in this situation, I would say they went to help and maybe ended up hindering. I think it's probably fair to say. Yeah, um, I think despite the entertainment it's brought us watching clips mm. of Arsenal fan TV, I think it's fair to say, not suggesting that any decision was necessarily wrong, but everything did seem to go against Arsenal. There was the argument that Vardy potentially should have been sent off uh, mm-hmm. for his challenge on Mustafi, although I'd argue the accidental nature of it all and the fact that it's pouring down in rain, he slipped, he's not really in control, and he sort of accidentally caught Mustafi in the face with his boot. I think you could say, yeah, I, I don't see that being a red card. But then obviously Eddie and Ketia uh, get sent off in like the 75th minute for, you know, an unintentional challenge, but one that does look bad in particular in slow motion. And then to rub salt into the wound, Leicester grab a late equaliser from a man who some Arsenal fans suggested should have been sent off. And potentially, Jamie Vardy also in an offside position if the ball comes off Perez. Um, so, yeah, I think Mikel Arteta, completely within his rights to fume yeah. after that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would. if you're on the receiving end of it, you're fuming, aren't you? And if you're not, then you're kind of thinking, if we got away with that or whatever. Um, I guess applying the logic of yours there, like, and Ketia was really unlucky because the way it looked a lot worse, didn't it? I think it, it was the fact that he's there's no questionable doubt that the 
the factors on the rain and the, on the pitch and stuff had a massive impact on that whole challenge. But unfortunately, when it's reckless and wild, but then you could technically apply that to the body situation. I, I guess it's that will be debated in itself, but it's each individual moment has to be sort of judged as and when. Um, the body thing, I mean, I, I'm almost almost certain it comes off Perez's um, studs. So like you're looking at that, you're thinking he's, he's off, isn't he? He's offside. And even if he's not, is Perez in the way, and therefore. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, this all this all boils down to as I'm sure we're about to get into is like normally you'd say the rules are the problem and the system works is what you would say there. But in this situation, I feel like the system should have worked, and yet because there's got to be that little fraction of doubt, it hasn't. Yeah, well, we're calling this how to fix VAR, and <laughs> uh, I sincerely doubt we're going to find a solution in the next twenty minutes. We're going to give it a damn good go. Um, look. We were crying out for video assistant referees uh, over the past few years. And being a Newcastle United fan, a fan of a Premier League team, how do you feel VAR has done this season? I know loads of people really don't like VAR and they think it subtracts from the game and all that sort of thing. I, I personally don't. That's not where I stand on it. I think, I mean, in the age that we're in, it's 2020. Like, you can't, you shouldn't be letting these things go because you haven't, got video evidence to support it and give a referee a full opportunity to to sort of come up with the best decision possible like I don't I don't think you can in good conscience not have that loads of people might complain it it takes away from this it like slows the game down etc etc I don't personally think that's an issue I think that's part of the modern game for me yes you might want more of a flow but I think it adds you might think it sort of removes removes drama because you're breaking up the play but I think it adds drama because mm. as we saw last night Everyone was standing on edge. I mean, obviously, you mentioned it before. If anybody hasn't watched the Arsenal fan TV stuff, like, <laughs> I mean, these aren't real people. <laughs> so, so, I, I'm, I like football. I'm passionate about football, but man, that is it's madness. But if I'm going to get that, if that's a result of VAR, more of that, please, because I don't know. Like, it, it adds, it does add to the stuff. People might say it subtracts, but I think it adds in other areas. And I think ultimately, if you have that technology available and you don't use it, then I think that's negligent, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think every fan of Premier League clubs has had an issue with VAR this season. Mm. But also, every fan of any football club have had an issue with poor refereeing decisions in the past. Yeah. I mean, Chesterfield fans still hate David Ellery. What is it, 23 years <sighs> on after he cost us the FA Cup semi-final against Middlesbrough? Um, it's slightly different this. Obviously, it's more goal-line technology, this. But we all can think about the Frank Lampard goal against Germany at the World Cup that would have been recorded differently had technology been used. Um, is it the case of people have always wanted this technology, but arguably it's been taken too far the opposite way this season? Do you think that's, I think that's one of the key problems here? I tell you what, the key problem is the key problem is it's the first season with it. Like everybody's that you're gonna have bugs in a system. You're gonna it's gonna take a while for us to get used to it. And this brings me to like, you know, when they used to say like, oh, if you've got three wishes, what would you wish for? I don't know if you ever watched the show Community, but they always talk about you can't use certain wishes where they say like all. Like I wish all of this was gone because there would be some ironic sort of circumstances to that, wouldn't it? They get rid of effect. Yes, you get rid of things that you didn't actually think you wanted to get rid of, but ultimately, like, get rid of all wars, I think is the example they use. Well, that gets rid of Star Wars, that gets rid of Robot Wars. That's not <laughs> what you wanted, but you wanted rid of all the wars. Well, people have asked for VAR, they've been given it. The only thing is, this, it, the system goes down to the T, doesn't it? Like, 
And it's, as I've heard Jamie Carragher say a million times, in most situations, maybe not like the one last night, it's the rules that are the problem. VAR is doing the job it's been asked to do. Everybody else wanted this. And then because it's these like hairlines of like offsides or little things it's given that people weren't anticipating and thinking about, now they're complaining. So what we the thing for me is they've used the first season, they've figured a few things out. Even we saw at the restart when we had the, the goal that did wasn't <laughs> a goal or like because the the sensor couldn't see it. that's a bug they're gonna to have to now figure out or see if they can avoid in the future. These are only things though you get through trial and error, and I think it would be fair to say judge it maybe at the end of next season. Mm. I I don't know in a couple of seasons because these things take time. It's not just like an instant thing you can get right overnight. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think it's tweaks that need to be needs to be made. The two big ones that you alluded to there, uh, the offside rule and the handball rule. Uh, let's deal with offside first because mm. that seems maddening uh, the way that's been dealt with. I distinctly remember, I think it was a Sheffield United, possibly John Lundstrom goal relatively early on in the season where his armpit was offside and all the Villa fans that I knew were like, well, yeah, good, the technology works. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's preposterous, isn't it? I realise that we want to get rid of those outrageous offsides where you, you know, I've no doubt offered my glasses to a linesman at a live game in the past to help them out. (laughs) Um, definitely as well. That's 100%. the most thing possible. That. Yeah, but you know, it's it's glaring error, clear and obvious. I suppose to use their own words against them. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? Because everybody wanted offsides and they wanted rid of it, and they have to be clear and obvious. And ultimately, they've tried to bring in a system that's so good that it can tell you even the smallest fragment. The only problem is that means loads of people have been offside. How many goals we've seen this season that were have been choked off? But ultimately, the ones that I've the ones that I've seen where you wouldn't have even really thought about the passage of play that's led up to it that they got right is probably more justifiable in my opinion. So, like, yes, it might be too much of a the detailed system. Change the rules, then make the rules give like give or take. There's got to be an allowance there for like common sense, I guess. Uh, and I, I suppose you did enjoy the offside rule that went your way against Sheffield United when John Joe Selby was the only one who seemed to continue playing. Play to the whistle, boys, as the old old rule goes. They taught you that from being a kid. If you can't do that as a Premier League footballer, that's on you. Uh, and we have to mention handball because there's been some wild decisions relating to yeah. this, giving uh, or players gaining an advantage by using their hand. I mean, it's cost City points, for example, um, and it's... It's one of those where players are just going to like tuck their hands into the shorts by the end of this because they don't even have the chance of accidentally hang, handballing it. Because it, it's not just when they give a handball uh, and therefore the at- attacking team loses out. It's also when it hits a defender and clear and obvious and intense and whether how that sort of levels out, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Man City there. If there's any club I know who's been hit with VAR at the highest of high levels and biggest competitions you could possibly be involved in. Man City are the one. Specifically, it seems to be against Tottenham, doesn't it? Yes. Um, they've they've suffered the worst of it. So if anybody can complain about it, they are probably the ones. But I, I guess you've got to figure out, again, it's the rules, isn't it? Where where are these handballs? Where's the hand? And some of the ones you've seen given this year, purely because the rule is, like, if it hits the hand during any part of the, like the, the passage of play, if it gets in the way, then it's going to be uh, a handball. In previous seasons, how many would have gone and missed because because they either weren't looking for it or the rule maybe wasn't quite as intense. And I guess it's just really spotlighted just how much this happens in the game. I think that's the problem. Alongside with the offsides, these are these are regular occurrences that happen so frequently 
But humans can only capture so many of them. That's the problem. And it's about using common sense, really, isn't it? Like, I realise that you can score a goal with almost every part of your body other than your hands. Uh, and therefore, that should be considered. But no, maybe not enforced when it comes to offside. And yeah, handball, I think. Yes, the ball can clip you on the hand, but it's about intent. It's, you know, when you think about players blocking crosses, for example, and it hits the player's hand, who's, which his hands down by his sides and the player's a yard away from him, then they take that into account. It's just more inclusive of, of that sort of uh, way of thinking. Yeah, but it's at the same time, you've seen people who've been on the ground sliding for a tackle and the ball's been played and their arms just been on the ground for balance of anything else as they slide. And it's hit their arm and it's been given as a handball and stopping a perfectly good passage of play. And as you say there, common sense needs to prevail. But unfortunately, you're looking at the line between what's common sense and what is allowing the system to do the system's job. And that's the thing that they're going to have to try their best to like iron out over the next sort of however long they get before. Because I don't even know what's going to be happening with the next season, mm. I guess, at this moment. But however long they get, they need to try and iron out those problems and, and figure out the solution. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's unquestionably, yeah, about uh, the grey area between the subjective and the objective. Um, mm. Related to that, uh, why don't you think referees use pitch side monitors more? I mean, we saw it in the, the Leicester Arsenal game for the, uh, for the red card, and yet a lot of the time, we're sat there waiting three, four, five minutes while someone mm. in Stockley Parks makes this decision when the referee seemingly is just a conduit to, to either give a goal or disallow a goal or you know send a player off, whereas they're most, meant to be the most important person on the pitch. Yeah, that was at the very beginning. I remember how sort of he's scared the right word, I guess. Like referees really didn't want to overrule or even consider going in the opposite direction of VAR in any way, shape or form, even though if they feel like they could and they have the right call, then they should. Um, the pitch side monitor stuff's interesting because, again, like we mentioned, or certainly I mentioned earlier, if you've got that technology available, use it. I don't mind a referee taking longer if he's going to go across and have a look, if it's going to get the right result. And, like, I guess more, the other thing that you're going to get with, like, the more we use it in the Premier League, the more the referees are going to get comfortable and confident in when 
they can or when they feel like they should be making the call themselves or when they need to refer to things a little bit further down the line or just take the messages from the guys who are in a better position than them. But that means if someone was giving me a brand new piece of kit to use at work for what we do, like it's going to take you a while to get used to using mm. it before you feel fully confident in being able to say, no, no, I've done this enough. I can see that I should be making this call or they should be making this call. And that's something that will come with time. Um, but in terms of the, the pitch side monitor, though, I just feel like more often than not, I think they should be using that. I know, again, time-consuming, but still, it's right there. It feels like, yes, you can rely on your watch or you can rely on people telling you, but if you aren't so sure as the referee, there should be no hesitation to go over there and use the monitor. That's what it's there for. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, like you say, there's a bit of fear surrounding it. At the end of the day, years ago, referees, even if they made the worst decision in the world, had to stand by it. And yes, mm-hmm. they may come out at a later date or even just go and see the manager after the game and the team and apologise and hold their hands up. But they had to own their decisions. It feels like a little bit more this season that they are sort of deferring authority to someone else so they can say, well, I didn't make yeah. that call. And uh, it, it feels like, you know, obviously we want them to allow the game to go on. And we've seen it in the past where decisions haven't gone on and then a team scored a goal and then it's been pulled back for a previous decision, which is what you kind of want. You want a free-flowing game, not them chop-stopping and starting the game every sort of five, ten minutes. But, yeah, it's, it's striking that balance, like we've said, quite, on quite a few issues here. Do you think VAR ruins the game? Because I remember early on in the season, people were furious <laughs> about, you know, fans not being able to celebrate goals or players looking like a bit of a tit by celebrating goals that then subsequently were disallowed. It's always a change period when something new comes in, isn't it? And I think initially I was probably right up there with them when, imagine that feeling of scoring a goal and then the normal version of that is we now wait. Like if you're a player, because everybody's, if you scored a goal of five aside, you want to run away and celebrate (laughs) like you've just won the World Cup. Players watching players having to adapt to that and the new normal, if you like, where mm. they've had to now wait a couple of minutes, or people like being hesitant to kind of think that's definitely a goal, like they've waited to look at a referee. That's again, it's a different kind of drama. I don't know, like, yes, you're going to lose stuff, and I do agree. There's that lovely moment where something's happened and it's organic and someone scores. Like, imagine here you are, Aguero scoring the winner for the chap for the Premier League that year against Leicester. Aguero scores and he's running away like mad. That's a beautiful moment in football history. Martin Taylor's call, everything about it was perfect. Imagine if that same thing happens and the difference of the footage of Aguero then stops, doesn't run away and just waits. <laughs> it's like, let's not get carried away, lads. This might not happen. And then and then he gets the celebration yeah. or whatever. Or, hell, to be fair, if we look back at it now, I'm sure probably would have been disallowed for some reason. Yeah. No VAR's, VAR's rules. But... Um, it's different. It's definitely different, and it change is always going to upset people, no matter what. But you can't tell me people aren't starting to like it's. It's being normalised. I feel at this point. Yes, you could look at last night and think, well, there's still things that I you know. But I think ultimately, surely people are starting to get used to the the way of things now at this point. Uh, and from a neutral's perspective, I will never, for as long as I live, as I could be on par with the Aguero goal and reaction and stuff. <laughs> I will never forget. Raheem Sterling, as you alluded to earlier, scoring that goal against Tottenham, the wild yeah. celebrations, yeah. the the, des- the the desolation oh. on the looks of like the likes of I think Jan Vertonghen, for example, Harry Harry Kane who was wasn't on the pitch, uh, but uh, you, all those sorts of players. Actually, was Harry Kane on the pitch? I'm thinking in the Ajax game. It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, and then all the celebrations at the Etihad, and then that voice coming across the, the tannoy, VAR review, and the air just being sucked out of the stadium. 
See, I would argue that is as interesting of a moment in history as Aguero running off with the arm celebration and all that kind of thing. Everybody going mad because you've never seen a manager. Pep Guardiola was going crazy, like crazy. Him and Aguero, if I'm not mistaken, I may be applying this, is one of these games. He and Aguero had had a fallen out and they'd like, they got it right. Like eventually, Tottenham, Man City were going to win this game. Aguero and Guardiola are embracing each other. They're jumping up and down. You made the right call, Gaffer. You're the man. I'm an idiot. I'm so glad we've sorted this all out. And then VAR steps in, wipes the whole thing clean. All of that means nothing. So they've just <laughs> had this moment, this pure moment of unbridled sincerity between Aguero and Pep Guardiola. All is forgiven, only it's not. And now we have got a situation where I think it's Tottenham end up going to win the Champions League. Pochettino's on his knees. Like, can't believe what he's saying. That, to me, that is as big yeah. an exciting drama as you're going to get through other moments. And yes, there may be still things to figure out with VAR, but I would argue it has brought us some water cooler moments, if they can still even Absolutely. be called that at this point. Twitter cooler <laughs> moments, if that's what they're <laughs> going to be called these days. Um, I've still got the overarching question that I'm, I've not got an answer for yet. I need like a the you are the ref column again for whatever player scores, jumps into the crowd or removes his shirt, but then the goal is disallowed. Does the yellow card he get for that stand. still stand? And what if it's his second yellow? And oh, I just don't know. It doesn't bear thinking. Hey, that. you start falling down the rabbit hole with this oh. stuff. I have to say, I guess I'll ask you a quick question. Would you take VAR? down with Chesterfield <laughs> if it comes all the way down to the National League um, I don't know we've got we've got quite a rough and tumble centre forward <laughs> I feel like we'd lose every decision there it's like whenever English teams play in the Champions League and they've got a you know a Peter Crouch-esque player yeah. always getting decisions going against him I, d- I don't think that would help us whatsoever but yeah I'll take it back in 1997 <laughs> I'll take it back then. Jonathan Howard's goal that did uh, cross the line, David. I'm getting off track here anyway. Um, it, we've seen, obviously, this uh, system be implemented in a variety of different sports. You think of mm. rugby, you think of cricket, you think of NFL. And I want to sort of refer, refer to American football here because they have what they call a challenge system mm. uh, whereby, you know, coaches, if they feel a decision has gone against them, obviously they're still checking everything, but they feel, really feel that something needs to be taken a closer look at, they can challenge it. Would something like that, like that help the Premier League? See, I think about this quite a few times when you see um, like a player. You see, how many times have we seen a player who something's happened and the referee has like waved it off and they've gone up to him and they've said, like, check it. They're like screaming in his face, checking on the thing. They're doing this, they're doing all sorts. Referee wants, doesn't want to hear about it because he's been told in his ear, no. But I think that would be quite interesting because like much like they do, they're having like tennis and every mm. other thing that they use. Tennis seems to be a good example, in my opinion, because like mm. if you got the challenge, say you had two per team, I don't know, per game, or you get one or two, whatever it is. Imagine you use it, and then like you were wrong with the challenge, and then you get another moment in the game where definitely 100% they should have been using that challenge, and they haven't got that. Like The heartbreak that comes with that at the same time. I don't know. These things do add drama. It's just in a different way. And you'd you'd have to get used to seeing that way. Normalisation is a thing that needs to be applied to all of this. Otherwise, we just whinge about everything. Yeah, exactly. You think about... I mean, I I think back to like classic England cricket games last summer where people used appeals and they shouldn't have. And then then they had chances later on in the... It's it's, it's all all up for debate. I think think that could really work, um, even though... There's an argument to be made somehow that teams would try and use a I don't know a challenge system to kill the game. Like, oh, that was our throw in. I think I think that was 
Let's just kill five minutes before we... In fairness, though, in fairness, they have been pretty good with putting the time back on. I think a yeah. lot of people have kind of maybe quietly not been talking about that side of it, where it's like, actually, they have added all the time on. And, of course, the drinks break stuff that's been happening has also given you plenty of time. They've, they've done loads with that. Um, which is another thing, by the way, just slightly off topic, but that's something I'm, I'm kind of for. It's just move on with that. Why, why not have that all the time? Like, it's good for the players. I don't know. Digression. Sorry. I just wanted, no, I just wanted to just get a, a way of uh, alluding to Ben Stokes' amazing in, innings against Australia, and I've done that. So Well done. Got, that's I've, all he came here for. <laughs> I've got it in there. Uh, after all this, I'm going to ask you a question that completely uh, defeats everything we've discussed here. We've discussed all the ways that it's been introduced, the way it's been handled, how we can improve it, how it can change. Why shouldn't it be, you think? <laughs> Could it be scrapped? Yeah, there's my final <laughs> question here. Could we see them go the complete opposite way due to all the backlash, do you think? I certainly hope not. I certainly hope not. I think it's. I think overall it's a good thing for the game. I know there's going to be lots of people screaming in the comments saying uh, the complete opposite of that. But I do think it's. It's. Good. It would help in the long run and will help and has helped already. I just think you've got to be patient with these things. Rome wasn't built in a day, and imagine if they'd use VAR while they were building Rome, it would never have got built because you would be using the wrong bricks or the person would be slacking. Who knows? But yes, for me, I don't think it should be scrapped. Although. If there's enough of a complaint and they put a vote to everybody across the board, maybe it would be. But you'd like to think, surely, the clubs would vote for it, mate. would they? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think, like you say, the more and more this season has gone on and, like you say, the way it's been introduced, mm. uh, you would hope, I mean, there's a lot, uh, um, lot of change going on in football in the world at the moment, but you'd hope by next season, potentially, you could get at rule, a slight tweak in the rules with, say, like we say, handball offside. And it's just about like I say, learning the way the game is played. And I realise it's been utilised in many other uh, countries and, and competitions already. I just think your Premier League is unlike any other, as we always like to to, to say. I tell you what, remember when everyone was getting upset about the, the spray, the referee's spray for free kicks? <laughs> Who's talking about that anymore? It's a good point. Nobody. I'm... It doesn't matter because these things are just things you get used to over time. In conclusion here, I've always been of the opinion that... English football fans can never say a bad word against VAR ever again, mm. ever since it gave us that South Korean goal that knocked Germany out of the World Cup. I, again, will never, ever forget being in a bar in Barcelona with a, on a big lad's holiday and realising yeah. that ball's come off the German lad's leg. South Korea have scored and they're going to have to push Manuel Neuer up to the left wing to try and pull the game back. And we all know how that went. Oh, that's one of my all-time favourite... Like, I don't care what World Cup it was. One of my all-time favourite World Cups that because I never thought in my day that I would see Germany go out in the group stages. Never thought I'd see that. They are just the powerhouse, always have been. And you weren't in the office that day because you were obviously, as I described, in Barcelona. But I lost my mind when that second... It was already over. But just that second moment where Manuel Neuer's up the pitch and Sun's away, honestly, lost my mind. I was jumping up and down, going mad. And to this day, I keep a picture of that on my desktop. So I just go and have a look at it every now and again because it's just wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. You see, sometimes VAR can bring the best out in football. Thank you, VAR. Thank you. Uh, Do let us know your thoughts on fixing VAR, though, in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. But this has been It's All Kicking Off. You can let us know your thoughts on Twitter at What Culture FC. Watch there. Follow both of us. You can follow Adam Nicholas at... 
Yes, come and tell me why I'm wrong about VAR at it's Adam Nicholas, and you can do that with Adam Wilborn at. Yes, please send me clips of that game between Korea and Germany because it was. Oh, it, I'm going to go back and watch it in a second, actually. You follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture FC, as I said. But for now, my thanks to Adam Nicholas. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 